You are listening to Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, Episode 031. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello. Katie Butler here. Welcome to Godly MBA Podcast. We all know that as business owners and entrepreneurs, what we are truly competing for is people's attention. Visual content creating is very crucial if we consider that we like to catch the extreme short span of focus from our audience. Today, I invited a friend and expert in the visual content field. She's a social media strategist and visual marketing specialist based in Queensland, Australia. She loves helping people like us learn how to use visual social media and content strategy to get results in our business. She's a winner of Best Business Blog in Australia, Social Media Examiner's Top 10 Social Media Blogs, both in 2015 and 2016. She's also a regular contributor for some of the best business and social media websites, such as Social Media Examiner and Entrepreneur Online. Her thoughts and articles on social media and marketing have been featured on Forbes, Yahoo, NPC, Social Fresh, Amy Porterfield, Social Lancer, Huntington Post, Michael Hyatt, and Entrepreneur Online. Today, we will learn how she turned 250 pounds to become the influencer that today she is, and five keys to create attention-grabbing visual content, and so much more. Can you guess her name now? Let's check with Donna Moynes. Good morning, Donna. Well, I think good afternoon to you, and welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be on here, Kelly. Finally managed to get our times between time zones, so it'll be great. Looking I know. forward to it. It's always fun to try to get Aussie to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Donna, I mean, we love, love, love your images and, you know, not just images. I would say those nice stories, but they not just stories, they look so pretty. <laughs> and uh, myself, I invest in your courses because they, they, they're just so good, you know. But oh, curious, how did you become these influencers in visual marketing field? Maybe you can share with us a little bit about your story. Oh, interesting. I didn't set out to be an influencer, that's for sure. <laughs> I originally was a speech therapist years ago and uh, worked in the United Kingdom and had a great experience where I got to travel for about two years of actual traveling and worked for about one year. So I came home to Australia and loved the idea of working holidays and was talking to my friend and we started a recruitment agency. We had no idea what we were doing other than we knew how we would have liked things to be handled from the perspective of health professionals working in the UK. So we approached it really differently. We didn't have, I think we started with 250 pounds was our uh, was our seed money. <laughs> we didn't have any money and we didn't want to invest a lot of money. I mean, if I did it over, I'd do it differently. But we we uh, set up the business and basically just had to bootstrap the whole thing. We had to work out how to do it. And we referred people to the UK to work with an agency we'd worked with. And we actually did pretty well. We went up against really big agencies with multi-million dollar budgets and managed to get a lot of the therapists in Australia to register with us because we just basically hustled our way around Australia, spoke at universities and and just did marketing that was a little bit cheeky. And it was just before social media kind of kicked in. We had email, we had a CRM called ACT. I don't know if you've heard of it, but we had that kind of custom built 
We did invest a little bit of money. We had like a, a PDF train workbook for working holidays. Uh, it wasn't uh, sorry, it wasn't a PDF. It was a printed bound manual. Uh, <laughs> I, I get very depressed when I think about PDFs now and how easy it would have been. We were just before everything became easy. You know, we did a lot of in-person things. When people registered with us, we helped them get ready for a working holiday versus getting ready for work. They still got jobs, but the focus was on having a great time. So, uh, and we got them good quality jobs as well. So it worked really well and we were getting people registered with us and turning over decent money. And then eventually we had babies and the UK market started to change. And so we, we closed up and sold our um, the business side of it and moved on. But I learned a lot about marketing. I learned a lot about social media before it became social. So when people say, how did you become an influencer? I, I find all this influencer marketing kind of funny because I eventually fell into social media because I was interested in marketing and I, I'd done the marketing side of it. And I love the, the idea of being able to put all those things together that we had hacked together, like the in-person, the, the presentations, the, the email, the database, and, and just be able to use this social media it was amazing to me. And I just ran a couple of Facebook groups, community-based Facebook groups, and one got to be a few thousand uh, in size. Oh, no, sorry, it wasn't a Facebook group. It was a Facebook page at the time. And then I just had businesses ask me to help them out with their Facebook pages. And eventually I started to just start to consult again, you know, post babies. And one thing led to another. And I have a very great friend who's a, she's a great blogger. And she and I were at soccer training a lot with our kids, our boys. And her name's Picky, Nikki Parkinson. She's the um, founder of stylingyou.com.au. It's a great styling blog for women in Australia. And and she uh, she said, why don't you start a blog? You should start blogging. And I went, oh, okay. And I didn't really know, looking back at my original blog posts, they were terrible. I just started blogging. And eventually I realized that the blog posts that people loved were about visual content. I love writing about how to use images, how to use early tools like PicMonkey, how to get started on Pinterest and Instagram when they started up. And Eventually, I just I realized that that was an interest area, so I kind of pivoted my blog to focus more on that. And it kind of made sense because the original business, I was always interested in how can we do ads to catch attention in the professional journals. We, you know, it's all been kind of a progression to visuals. I'm I'm not a designer, but I love that kind of catching people's attention and probably would have worked in marketing, I guess, in a different <laughs> lifetime, but it's never been. I just wow. kind of did it in, in a business. Yeah, so that's that's how – and my blog went, went really well. And my blog basically started to drive the business and took over from doing consulting. So in the end, and now it's very blog-driven and, and online. So that's been my progression. And, yeah, I just wish I knew about PDF format earlier. <laughs> would have saved me a lot of time. <laughs> It's very funny for a visual marketing expert to say that, talk about PDF, you know, it's kind of ironic. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I'm so happy that you share that story because, you know, you just share that, you know, you did not start with a lot of money. Because today, yeah. if we go to your blog, we were like, whoa, it's like she's maybe just from beginning, she's this good and then she just oh, said to do it. <laughs> no, and in actual fact, I'm about to do a big overhaul of my blog because there's a lot of posts on there that aren't SEO friendly. Some of the most popular posts are getting traffic and they're terrible. You know, like it's just I've upgraded an old post about Facebook groups that was getting a ton of traffic and it was just I, it would, I would cringe you know, if people think that they can't start blogging or that it's not for them, like I just say, don't, it doesn't matter. Like Nikki said to me, just start and just start writing about what you know and you'll learn as you go. And she won best blog in Australia in 2011. And I won best business blog in Australia in 2014. So the same competition. So it was really good advice. And, you know, that having your own content is very powerful. Yeah, indeed. So Donna, you know, it's really depressing at the other day that I read the statistics talk about, you know, now <laughs> our attention span, you know, is literally officially shorter than the goldfish. How do we create those compelling visual images to grab attention of the audience? I did a presentation this morning on a summit and I was always of the impression that we had a short attention span and I've been thinking about this a little bit recently and this might put into perspective why visuals 
are so important and then, you know, how we can catch attention. But I was reading a statistic that said it takes 50 milliseconds to make a first impression. Now, I didn't, there wasn't really a lot of context to that. You know, it might be just seeing someone or whether you want to click on something or how you feel about someone's face or whatever. But then another statistic that I've been using for a while is that it takes 13 milliseconds to process an image. They've done a lot of research. I think it was in Cambridge in the UK. But there's an article. If you look up 13 milliseconds in images and photos, you'll see it on online. But that's how fast that is. So if it's 50 milliseconds to make a first impression, then an image must be one of the first, one of the few things that can be faster than that. <laughs> so, yeah. And I've actually been thinking about that a lot because people say, oh, we've only, you know, we've got a, a memory span of eight seconds, but then we're making this impression or we're, we're making a decision about something within 50 milliseconds. So it didn't seem to weigh up with me. And I was thinking about it. I thought, you know what? We may have a shorter attention span for sure, but I think the biggest issue you've got with news feeds and all this content coming through is that people have adapted to be able to cope with that and they've become very, very good at making decisions about what they engage with and what they will stop scrolling for and what is important. And and that's where this whole thing of is it memory or is it just really – it's kind of we've evolved <laughs> evolution – to making decisions very quickly. Am I going to engage with that piece of visual content? And that's why it's become so important to catch people's attention. And it used to be easier a couple of years ago when no one was really creating great visuals. <laughs> like exactly. It, yeah, and now it's harder, And but it's still a lot of opportunity. You know, like I don't see everyone using visuals on Twitter, even though every platform is visual. So I guess I've sort of – I've written a couple of articles recently and we did one in Entrepreneur about – I think it was two years ago – for a book interview that I did, I wrote a chapter in a book and it was about five different ways to catch attention. So I'm happy to go through some of those if you want that might. Sure, um, sure. That would be really yeah, helpful. Yeah. So, um, but just bearing in mind that I, I think it's, I, I think we can give ourselves credit. I don't think it's the memory thing. I think we are savvy. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. We feel yeah, better. <laughs> we, we probably do have a shorter memory than we used to. I, I mean, shorter um, attention, you know, attention span. But I think we do now make very quick decisions and especially the millennials. I think that they're very, very, very quick at deciding yes or no. And I think we probably need to give them a lot of credit too. And, and they're not just, you know, you know, my children aren't probably growing up with short attention spans and growing up just being smart. <laughs> but uh, the first thing is to make original visuals. So I think that's become really easy these days because we've got a lot more tools available. So now, you know, compared to three years ago, we had tools like PicMonkey and or four years ago, when am I thinking, 20, probably 2012. End of 2011, 2012 was when we had all the good tools kick in and even good, better ones since then. So creating a visual that's original, we tend to like things that are fresh and new. So we will gravitate towards something that we haven't seen before in the news feed. So even if you can, you know, have a different image or create a different way of putting text on an image or using different graphics, it will stand out on the news feed because we like to sort of discover things and share them as if they're our own. So it's all about sort of stopping the scroll. I have a friend who, his name's Joshua Parkinson, and he owns um, Post Planner. He's the CEO of Post Planner. And yeah, you might know Josh and he he said, you know, you've got to stop the scroll. How do you get people to stop scrolling on their phones? Because most people are on their phones. And some good people to uh, – one person that's great to watch for this is Kim Gast. She does a great job on Facebook, kimgast.com, so K-I-M-G-A-R-S-T on Facebook. And she has a lot of quotes and tips and images that aren't necessarily all about social media. She's a social media expert but she posts a lot of visuals that are that are lighthearted, they're entertaining and they're relevant for Facebook. So that works really well. There's another example of a guy in Western Australia who is a friend of mine. I've been speaking with him at conferences in tourism and he has a, a tour company called the Margaret River Discovery Company. Uh, do you like wine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yep. a couple of wine in a night, yes. Well, this is uh, one of the best wine regions in Australia and he – when I went over there recently uh, to speak at a conference, I wanted to go down to the Margaret River. I had been there once before, but my first thought was to talk to Sean. His name's Sean 
Bloxage. And it's funny, I wanted to talk to him and not look up the tourism organisation. And that's because he's been very consistent at posting visual content on Instagram about the Margaret River region for the last few years. And he doesn't just post about his tours, he posts about the whole region. So he's actually become kind of an authority on that topic. And, you know, just like with a blog, you can post around a topic and eventually you get called upon to be an expert, like has happened with me. That's happened with him. And, and he, he's got such great images that it caught attention. He had a lot of people come and check out his tours and he had some great reviews on TripAdvisor and he's been the number one tour on TripAdvisor for, in Australia for a number of years now. And he's just booked out all the time. I did a presentation where I told this story and, and one lady said to me afterwards, I, I tweeted him during the presentation. I got the last seat on the tour for the next three months. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so he takes you out on canoes, kayaks and then to a private dinner at a winery and down to the beach, coastal walk. And it's just a really different tour. But my point is that he has been posting consistently original content every day. And it just sometimes it just takes one image every day or one great photo. So uh, I'll give you the links for a couple of these after if you want to put yeah, them in the show notes. So, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It's always hard with visuals because people can't see. So, <laughs> um, the other thing with original content is I've seen a lot of people uh, post, you know, things like quotes and, and content every day. We, we used to help out a, a midwifery company here on the coast. They had a private midwifery service and we posted a lot of quotes every day. Back in the day when we were using PicMonkey, or, you know, very early on, uh, there weren't a lot of tools around and we had, you know, images shared 80, 100, 200, 1,000 times every day and it was better when Facebook was better but it was because all of the other, you know, parents and midwives and health professionals were looking for content to share as well so they were coming to that page to share. I actually asked some of them. They said, no, we actually physically come to the page and share whatever the latest content is. And I think really, even though Facebook's dropped off and it's harder to get reach, a lot of people still do that. Do you ever find you go to the pages that you love to get content to share? I mean, I, I do Well, I go to your page. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I go but to I mean, your you always, Yeah, we have our favorites, don't we? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that you're on a lot of people's hit lists, but you just need to be on, on some people's hit, hit, what I call a hit list to um, – for them to find content. So that's really that's all about that consistently seeing that original content. So that's that's the first step. The second one is to be timely, so to sort of act swiftly and uh, I guess the best example of this has been uh, do you remember the uh, the Super Bowl mm-hmm. ad the, yeah the Oreo tweet so about 3 years ago Oreo uh, well, the Super Bowl uh, lights went out and they were in blackout and in the middle of the game and the Oreo marketing team happened to be in the same place I think and they quickly managed to create a graphic uh, where and tweeted it out and it said power out no problem and there was just a picture of a, a you know Oreo cookie and it said you can still dunk in the dark most people know this story but if you're new to marketing you know you're a small business owner you might not have heard it it was very very smart and it won multiple awards around the world for smart marketing and, you know, real-time marketing. But there's been a number of examples of this, like, you know, businesses acting swiftly on events that happen. And it's not always easy. That's It's one way to be timely. You know, we had uh, snow in Queensland a couple of years ago. Wow. And tourism, yeah, it never snows here. It's like snowing. <laughs> You know, snow in uh, Africa kind of thing. It's it can be, you know, it's not common. So we, our, uh, our state tourism organisation dropped everything and went out to where it was snowing in the lower part of the state and created a lot of content and they got a lot of free media around the world. We had, when the world was ending a few years ago, Tourism Australia planned ahead and did like a campaign saying that, you know, we're, we're alive, you know, the morning <laughs> after because we, we reached that time date earlier than the rest of the world or New Zealand survived before we did and so just that you know that ability to create content based on events you know you can either wait for it to happen and be able to act swiftly and and sometimes you can do that if you're a single business owner and something exciting or interesting happens it doesn't have to be a world event but the other thing you can do is sort of plan ahead a little you know if you know that you know the world is going to end the world gonna end yeah Yeah, you can plan ahead to make some content. It, there was, uh, we had a census where we all did, you know, they'd get all the information about Australia and, and we had one of those a few months ago and Lint, chocolate, you're in Switzerland. They're Swiss, aren't they? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah. So Lint, 
Lint Chocolate has business based in Australia as well. They have a division in Australia. And so Lint Australia had a – they always do really cool photos based around chocolate. So they they had like – they had a piece of pie made out of different types of chocolate and then one sliver and then they just said something about – you know, they had the most of the pie chart made out of chocolate was people who love chocolate, and then a very thin section was people who lie. Um, and they just did this overhead shot of chocolate and said, We took our own census. Wow. Uh, so just thinking about your products and your, you know, how you can make visuals. But it doesn't have to be, you know, Lint obviously has money behind them and they're talking about chocolate. It makes it very easy, but it doesn't have to be. You could do something like I've had uh, some of my readers and clients create really cool images about St. Patrick's Day or International Women's Day. Uh, we did one for International Midwives Day a couple of years ago and it went, you know, it had thousands of shares because the key sometimes is to get the visual content out. It doesn't have to be amazing. It could be a simple quote or something funny and you don't even have to have a lot of branding on it, but just getting that content out early, other people wake up going, oh, it's such and such day, I need to share something. Oh, look, oh, that's cool. And then they share it. So that can be a way to sort of take advantage of, of timely content. So, Sorry, Donna. So in that part, actually, the idea comes is like, actually, people can look at a calendar, like from January to this December for the holiday yes. thing, then, right? Yes. Yeah, and you've got like your business-related topics that you can you can do. So it might be International Women's Day is a great one for a female entrepreneur. It might be that Chocolate Day is great for lint chocolate. <laughs> but <laughs> any t- any day for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's days for everything though. Like there's days, there's crazy days named, and you can just have a bit of fun with it. But you can definitely plan ahead. So there's a website called. I'll give you the link. It's called Events Genie, G-E-N-I-E. And if you just if you just Google it, you'll find it. If you, you can look it up now, you probably see it. But it's it's basically I think it's a marketing company, the successagency.com. They've just put together this calendar and it's all of these really quirky days of the year that and some of them are uh, some of them are real like well more serious like United Nations Day, but other than others are not. So you've got um you know, things like Halloween, but then National Chocolate Day was Friday, the October the 28th, or is, or it's coming up. There wow, you go. it's coming up. Okay. <laughs> um, Saturday is National Oatmeal Day. <laughs> um, candy, corn, candy Corn Day, that stuff just seems a little bit processed for me, but October the 30th. Yeah, so that's a really good little calendar you can use. I've seen another, there's another tool I haven't checked out yet, but it looks like it's could be good for this is Promo Republic. They've got a sort of a calendar-based visual content tool. So you can use that to create visuals really easily. Yeah. So that's sort of like something that you can plan ahead and it takes the pressure off by not having to think of content all the time. You know, even if you give it to someone in your team or if you do it yourself, you can just plan ahead and go, okay, we're going to do, you know, one image every week that's just a fun image. And then that's one image that you've got sorted. So, and you can repurpose that from Facebook to Instagram. So or whatever. The other one was to be relevant. So just think about each platform and what content works well on that platform. You you kind of learn this as you go, but some content is different on different platforms. So for instance, on Facebook, it's more about people come to Facebook to be entertained and to hang out with their family and friends. They don't come to find out about all the businesses they follow. I know we'd like to think that that's the way it is. but So if you go to someone like Kim Garth's page, you'll see that she posts a lot of fun, lighthearted humor and quotes and feel-good motivational content. That kind of stuff really works on Facebook and Post Planner does that really well as well. They do a lot of sort of lighthearted content and then you can sort of pepper that with with your tips and your hints about your business or your uh, industry but you know and that's probably where Facebook ads come into the real promotional posts you might want to add a little funds and money behind promoting an ad or, or boosting a post as well as your organic content. So whereas on Instagram, it's more about, you know, people and beautiful images and beautiful scenery and animals and sunsets and sunrises and, and colour and the people behind the business. So Instagram's a great place to show behind the scenes and get on Instagram stories and just start visual storytelling a bit. You know, involve your staff if you have staff involve your fam- family in a way that you're comfortable with if you if you have them and you're just in a fun way but just show a little bit of that human side with Instagram stories or with video and on 
on both those platforms, video works very well, especially Facebook, as you know. Have you, have you noticed, you know, it's getting great reach and and uh, results. So, you know, live video or video on any on any platform works well. Yeah, and, and I wanted to ask you, have you heard of Chocolate Johnny? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard okay. of him, I think, a while back. I follow him in the Periscope and I think yes. I follow him in the Instagram as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's a friend of mine and he – he has a he's a third generation chocolatier and he so his grandfather started the chocolate shop. He's got a factory and a chocolate shop in uh, Sydney, and he started using social media. He's been on Snapchat for quite a while, a couple of years, maybe three years. I don't know as, as long as it's been going, I think. And then he really focused on Instagram for a while, and so he will share content around his shop, like with his customers, with permission, his products. I mean, he's got. It's chocolate. It's easy. This whole interview has become about chocolate. I um, know. I know. <laughs> chocolate and wine. You can tell I put the food. Um, yeah. He, he's, he, he shares uh, his products. He he has a bit of fun. He plays on the whole Willy Wonka thing and does Periscope and Snapchat videos and, and Instagram stories as well. And then the other thing he does is he goes and showcases Rose Bay, the area of Rose Bay around Sydney, which is beautiful, sort of part of the harbour. And he does a lot of sunset scopes or Facebook lives. And, and he's also become part of the, the tourism kind of – he's become part of Rose Bay or he's, he's become a source of knowledge for Rose Bay. So he's, he's been a great example of how to use visual content to just sort of, you know, show the behind the scenes and show a human side to his business. And it's really – helped his business to take off. He's now uh, selling chocolate overseas. He's uh, become a bit of a celebrity. He's speaking at conferences and um, doing really well. So that's how many have we done? We've done original, timely, relevant. relevant. Yeah. So you learn relevant as you go along. You'll see what works and what doesn't work on each platform. And for me, like for instance, we might post images on uh, Instagram and then we'll put a longer description. Sometimes it's about the content you add with it. So we'll put longer descriptions on Instagram because people like to stay on Instagram. So we'll always add like a little mini blog post, you know, something useful in the description as well as on the image. The image is eye-catching and draws people in and then and then on Facebook, we might repost that image later as a square image, but we won't put all, we'll put a shorter snappy description, just something fun. So, you know, you can repurpose a lot of this content as well. The fourth one is that it's snackable. I'm talking about food again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, we'll go healthy. We'll yeah. go healthy. Simple Green Smoothies have been around for a while now. It's a, a great blog. A website about green smoothies so they're very very niche and very or niche as we say in Australia very specific and they've got an they've done a couple of infographics but one that they did was really great it was basically called the simple green smoothie formula instead of putting a recipe which is very popular they did a formula so you know when you're at home you think I want to make a green smoothie but I'm not quite sure if they if those things would go together maybe I need a recipe oh that one says blueberries I don't have blueberries I've only got strawberries you know so this uh, formula is just, it's like two cups of leafy greens, two cups of liquid base, three cups of ripe fruit, and then it shows all the combinations. And it's just a really easy, you know, way to follow it. And then it gives you some things you can add in to boost it. So I love green smoothies, so I, I think it's great. And that that infographic, you can tell if you go to their blog and you find it, it's under a, it's under a 101 re- recipe, like a really basic blog post about, so it's a, in a bigger blog post, they've embedded it, and it's been shared hundreds of thousands of times to Pinterest and then people are coming back and finding their blog and then they offer an ebook and so it's been a big driver of traffic for them and it's snackable it's not really long right I mean I've created you know we've, we've created infographics I, you know that was part of my early realization about visual content we created some infographics and they went really well and they were longer and I still do do some longer ones but I love the sort of half length ones that are sort of maybe 2,000 to 2,500 pixels instead of sort of 5,000 pixels long. And, uh, yeah, so it's a great example of something that's snackable that you can, you know, process easily. And just all of those images I was talking about, the quotes and the tips and the the images that people can process quickly with our little short attention span. Yeah. (laughs) they, uh, They are great for... You know, Facebook and Instagram, just things that we will make us stop the scroll and we can go, oh, oh, that's cool and make that decision really, really quickly. So 
And the other thing to think about with snackable images is when your audience might be online. I mean, I don't know about you. You've got teenagers, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I have two of yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. So have you noticed, and I can't remember who it was, it might have been Christy Hines wrote an article about the different ways that we handle our technology that we will sometimes, we will, like things like blog posts will tend to just do on one device reading that while we're focusing on it but other things we'll do two things at once mm -hmm. so it might be that we're watching television consuming social media at the same time and things like that so snackable content tends to work really well in those early morning you know just when people are just checking their phone quickly oh that's funny or in the evening when they're relaxing in front of the tv and they've got their phone on i'm not saying we should we should probably be switching off but this is just the reality of what <laughs> what it is so um, snackable content, that sort of thing, just being aware of when people are online and trying to post at those times with your images. And um, there's a really good tool, though. Have you heard of uh, Ripple.com? Ripple, R-I-P-L. Oh, yeah, yes. I actually used yeah. it once or twice. Yeah, so that one's a great little tool for not only people that are scared of video, but if you want to jump on and create some short snackable video, it's, it allows you to add in photos and text and then create an animated video, a little short animated video, but but they've now got a function where you can create a little slideshow. Oh, so okay. like a short, yeah, short, you can add eight photos and, and do different text on each one. So that's great for like real estate, the real estate industry, you can do like a, you show people through a house or it could be great for like yourself if you wanted to share some tips about business and, and things like that. So yeah. Then that's and, very handy um, really. Yeah. Oh, it's a great little tool. So yeah, so that's four and we've got one left and that's a call to action. So you might think that, you know, the images are just up for engagement and that's fine, but just to, it's just important to know what you want to create visual content for. Like, do you want someone to just like and uh, comment and, and engage with it so that you can get engagement on Facebook or do you want them to click through on your profile on Instagram to your webinar or do you want them to come through to a blog post with more information where you can win them over with great value. Um, I always recommend doing that as much as you can. And uh, yeah, so just having some call to action and the call to action can be on the image itself. It could be click here or check this out or um, link in bio or whatever, or it could be in the description. Uh, which, which should always be in the description, especially if you can put a clickable link, or it could be both. There's one exception where it's a bit tricky. Do you know what that is? It's, it's with video. <laughs> so well, with video, I'll yeah. let you tell us. <laughs> yeah. So so with video, it, it's a little bit more. You, you need to either verbally have a, a link or something that people can go to easily. So either a Bitly link or. A, a link they can remember or you can use annotations too but it's just having that making sure that you, you might need to repeat it a few times in the video especially if you're on somewhere like Instagram video or Instagram stories yeah so yeah, that's because sometimes people they we don't know what they were doing when they consume our, our yes. videos right yeah they could be doing two things at once or yeah they could be without a piece of paper or a pen or something to write it down so if you can have something that's easy to remember or even just say to them, you know, the links in my bio, uh, then they know to go there later and, and click on it. So, yeah, so that's basically the five things. If you can include a couple of those on each one, then you're off and racing. And I think I've got a couple of articles I can give you to link in the show notes that, have, that just sort of explain that with, with a few of the examples that I talked about so that it can all make sense. <laughs> well, that would be fantastic. No, wow, what a... Well, a value pack uh, already uh, uh, content here, Donna. So Donna, I'm curious, and I'm sure many of my audience are curious. When we come to your blog your, or social media platforms, we saw those fantastic, amazing images. Did you do that all yourself? <laughs> Majority of my content I do myself. I do have a team member that helps me now, but if you're looking at my blog images, I'll always do those. I remember hearing Pat Flynn say recently that he had to let go and let someone do his blog images and he didn't like it because he, <laughs> he enjoyed doing them. And I thought, I don't know if I can ever give that up because my blog posts are my babies. And so I find that I write better when I have a great image to to sort of do the heading on. So, and I've heard Michael Hyatt say that too. He, he spends about half the time looking for an image and the rest <laughs> writing a blog. 
So I think that's kind of like a fun creative side for me and my images are way better than they used to be and I think I just found a groove for a style that I liked. I mean, my images are very – they're just usually kind of quirky or retro style images that I find on uh, Shutterstock usually or sometimes Canva and I'll find ones that have a little bit of white space on them that I can just allow some space and put the title on and I just have two fonts that I use. Once you have a style that you can find that works – and some fonts that work, you really can't go too wrong. You know, I try to keep the text away from the edges a bit and sort of make sure it's balanced. And some of that stuff you have to, some people have to learn as they're sort of creating. Some of my students, you know, they, they might, you've probably seen in the group, they'll create something and put it up. We've, we've got a private group for one of my programs and, and um, you know, I'll gently say, just, just bring it in from the edges a bit because sometimes they'll have all the text over to the side instead of, and some of those things take a little while to learn, but if you go to canva.com, they have actually, if you go to their design school, have you ever been to their blog? Yeah, yeah. They, they have, have a nice yeah. design school. Yeah. yeah, it's a blog and a tutor- blog and tutorials. So the, the tutorials are on the top menu if you just click on it and it basically opens up these tutorials that will take you through how to create using their tool. And so you're actually in Canva learning using the tool when you do these little exercises. So they will show you how to make sure that the text is balanced on the picture and all those things that you do have to learn a little bit, but a lot of that stuff I've learned. Some of our content um, on Instagram now, I have a, one of my team members is, uh, she loves creating visuals. And so I just, you know, checked out what she was like. She's pretty good at it. Uh, She has her own style for a business that she has. And then she, and then I just said, well, look, this is basically the two or three styles that we use. We've gradually worked out what we want to do. We have some quote styles, we have some image styles and and we just do series of them. So I'll say, right, here's a bunch of quotes. Can you make these up? Here's a bunch of images. Can you go and find ideas and can you just find some images that go with this? And, And she's really good at finding really quirky images and she'll search for something Oh, I can't even think of any off the top of my head, but I've made I've asked her to write them down. Like, how did you get from this point to this point yeah. to get that image? And exactly. her brain because, just goes, Poo. yeah, because <laughs> she'll just your say, image is so fun. Yeah, so she'll think she's she's like, oh, well, you know, I was thinking like the quote was about thinking outside the box, and then I was thinking of um, Chinese food, and then I thought, you know, like the little the cute little takeaway, and then and then I ended up with like this kind of box, and then we ended up with this guy with his head stuck in a box, and it was just like, you know, she'll use different words, like she might search under a term to do with music or or funky or, and and I think like that too. So it's sometimes it's about how you search for images. If you're not taking your own images, which I recommend that you do. But the other thing is um, there's just so many tools available now. I mean, even if you want to get a great image, have you been playing with Prisma? Prisma. Oh, what's, I can't remember the URL for that one. Prisma. Yeah, yeah I, I play yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's just an app. Just get the app on on uh, on your phone. But yeah. they've got a website as well. And basically it takes any image and turns it into a piece of art. So now you can, you know, I, I needed a, an example of, we were writing a, a little post about the Fibonacci effect or the golden ratio in nature, how some things have this beautiful ratio that makes them look beautiful. So like a shell or let me think of another example, the way leaves are formed. Like there's all these different ways that nature is balanced when you look at it. So I had this shell at home that was perfectly formed shell, but it was really brown and kind of boring to look at. So we put it through the Prisma app and it came out pink and beautiful and all these beautiful colors. And and then I used that on the image and it looked great for Instagram. So, you know, sometimes you can jazz things up a bit using an app or just adding some text over it. And, you know, if we do major projects to answer your question, like a slide share, sometimes I will do it because I love doing them. Uh, sometimes I'll use a template. Sometimes I'll create them from scratch. And sometimes I'll have a person that I use on my team that does it as well, but she's kind of does, uses a similar style to me. So you can outsource some of those bigger things like infographics or slide decks, but I highly recommend everyone sort of gets used to creating short video or, or their own images because then you can sort of do them on the fly a bit and encourage your team to as well. Yeah, and I think just like you say, 
Now, first of all, I'm happy I'm not the only crazy ones. When I look for images, I can spend like so long time to, <laughs> to, to look it's for It's called a rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for that, Donna. Uh, rabbit, rabbit holes. <laughs> Yeah, but, rabbit hole. yeah, but I think even for images, like we create ourselves, but after a while, I think in Canva also, because I use the uh, Canva work, right? So you yes. can save like, uh, it's your yes. brand, your fun and things. So if you have a team member, you say sometimes you say, hey, would you please just yes. you know, model that and create, yeah. create, for example, the podcast for me every week. You know, yes. you know, it's pretty much the template, right? So mm. if I we would create once, then the VA can can follow after. But of yeah. course, if you come to the uh, we come to the visual storytelling, then that's a different story. But actually, there's a great tool. I'm sure I think you've used it uh, called Relay. Relay, yeah. So, so Canva. There's a few desktop tools. I might as well mention them now while we're on the topic. That sure. So Canva is Canva is great. I love Canva. It's probably my tool I use. I used to use Photoshop very badly. So I was just like, yay, when Canva came along. Because you can use it on a basic level and just use their templates and not be too – don't stray too much from what they've already designed because it's already well designed. And just change out the photo or change out the text or add your own fonts and your own logo and boom, you've got great images. But you can get more custom with it. So I create all of my all of my, my PDFs, <laughs> all of my PDFs, all of my um, my slides, everything pretty much in there, and you know, and our images as well. We use a couple of apps and Canva, but so that's a great one. It can be really custom, or it can be very templated. And they have a great iPhone app as well that allows you to sort of work in a similar way. It's it's really well-designed iPhone app, and I think it's coming on Android. On the other extreme, you've got something like Relay, which is where you add in all your assets like your photos, your logo. So say for your podcast, you'd add in uh, your guest photos, your logo, your tagline, you know, anything else that you want to add. And then you choose sort of some themes or some you know, styles from Relay and it would basically spit out hundreds of different designs based on what you've put in. Then you can do a little bit of tweaking. You can turn this filter off or you can turn that photo off and bring something else to the background through. Or you, It's still based on the templates, but it means you can create an Instagram and Pinterest a landscape image for Twitter, you know, a square image that will go on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, whatever, a whole series of them, including book covers and everything in one go that can be really useful if you're doing something like a podcast or a blog you can quickly do images you can also do something like that on canva you can resize as you've discovered on canva for work but relay is a good one and there's another one called design feed that is a bit similar to relay in that you can put in assets and it will design images for you really quickly it will even choose photos that it thinks is is good a good match uh, sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it's like, what? That's a bit odd, but <laughs> most of the time it, it comes out really well. It, but it's not as detailed as Relay. It's more of a quick, simple version of Relay. Yeah. Get, get images up quickly. And the other one, well, there's two. PicMonkey is still a great, it's very much a great tool for design, really easy to use. It's for photo editing, but you can create really great images on there. They've got a lot of backgrounds and, and icons and styles and frames and all sorts of things that you can do with images to create some cool images. And they have a fun app as well now uh, for photo editing. And uh, Adobe Spark is the other one. Have you, have you used that? Yeah, actually yeah. I create uh, a little, my two minutes um, story. Video. Yeah, video yes. actually. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so... And as you saw, when, as you would have experienced when you use that, you, you're adding in. So that's Adobe Spark Video. So there's a video tool, uh, an image tool, and a web, sort of a web page tool. So the, the image tool is, is, I'll get to that, but the, the video tool that you used, it's great because you add in your text and then you add, choose your images and then you add your voice and it makes your voice sound very, very sexy. It, every, it sort of adds this nice quality to people's voices. It's almost like a podcast, podcasts it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> makes it sound great. And, uh, and then you, it turns it into a video that, that's really quite professional. But the image tool is great on desktop or f it's on iPhone now. I think it's coming to Android. And it allows you to create images and resize them really quickly all the social media images, it's quite template driven, mm -hmm. uh, but really easy to use. 
And they have, I don't know if you've seen on the, the phone version, they have an animation tool. Oh, really? So, yeah. So when you create the image on, uh, I'll, I'll give you a blog post that uh, I wrote for Social Media Examiner that you can link to, but we, we showed how it, how it worked. But basically you, you do your little image and then you click on the animation tool and you can choose a few different styles so it will kind of blur in and out or it will, you know, all the different ways, a bit like you would see on on PowerPoint just to bring the text in. But it looks really cool. So that's a great way to create a little short video as well if, you, if you're a bit scared of video and you just want to do something quickly. And it, I, I have one more tool that's new if you want to hear about that. Sure, of um, course. It's called Easel, E-A-S-I-L. Oh, I heard you talk about that. I think it's in your blog post or something. Yeah, I, I think I talked about it at the Social Media Success Summit uh, last week or the week before. But it, it's an Australian tool as well. So Canva is Australian. <laughs> uh, this one's from Queensland. And they it's, it's kind of like Canva in the way that you design. It's a different style and dashboard. But they have really cool fonts and very, very funky stock photos, for, especially for female entrepreneurs. I think they're really, really fresh and, you know, lots of fun things with flat lays on desks and pineapples and all sorts of fun <laughs> stuff. Pineapples are very popular at the moment. Uh, and then they, they also – this is only in Australia, but apparently they're going to expand it. You can actually design your content and have it printed. So if you're a small business – it's great because you can have uh, your content printed straight from their business within Australia and I think they're going to have that outsourced around the world as well. So, But they have a really great tool as far as layering content and really great templates. So it's just a different style. Sometimes it's good to have different styles of design tools because you, know, you might find that that works better for you than Canva or Spark works better for you. They're sort of my top desktop tools that I play with. Well, that's... That's super cool, Donna. So uh, uh, before we head to the last two questions, I just want to ask you, say, please do tell us, how did you uh, plan to create all these uh, images? Uh, I guess you, you batch up? Yes. Um, yeah, you've probably heard me talking about batching in the, in the program, but I uh, definitely batching. I've actually had a run of a lot of stuff on recently and I'm a bit behind with that. So I find I get very, I don't feel comfortable when I'm, I don't have some content ready. So we're about to just churn out. We're in the process of doing another whole batch. We usually get two or three weeks, maybe a month ahead, uh, especially if I'm going away. I like to post as I go as well. So I'll do a batch. So say for example, on Instagram, I've got my personal account and my business account. The business account is the main account. The personal account is more if I'm speaking or just everyday life behind the scenes. But the business account, we do a quote and then we do sort of like an image with a little title and then it will just sort of be a teaser to some more content in the description. So we'll we'll give a hot tip or something and, and they're all kind of in a similar style. So we, we usually try and match those well ahead. On my personal account, I kind of post more on the fly. On Facebook, I usually schedule them ahead as well. You know, I always recommend if you're not sure about batching, just start with one platform. So if, you know, so it's worked really well for us. We, I, I focused on Twitter first and I wanted to get my Twitter content up and running and really consistent throughout the day. So we post at least every hour and mostly it has an image on it. So it's either the blog post image on my blog or from say another blog or say the podcast for this, I'll have the image on there. And so it's a mix of, interviews I've had or my own blog or other people's blog posts that I like to share to help them out. Often, you know, some of my students and things like that, as well as other entrepreneurs. And what we did is I started using some tools to get that set up. So we got into batching on Instagram and we, uh, on batching on Canva and we batched out some images. We use tools like Edgar to get the content out. And I use Agora Pulse to the upside or downside of posting more regularly is you get a lot more replies. <laughs> so I try to reply to as many people as I can. So I, I needed a tool that was going to mean that I wouldn't miss important tweets. So Agora Pulse is really good for that. It's great for getting to inbox zero kind of thing on, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. You can manage all your comments. 
And we did that until we had it regular and, and going out regularly. And then once that was ticking over and I didn't have to think about it as much, I'd go in once a week, just top up the content, change it around a bit. Then we started on Instagram about nine months ago and that's when we really started to build up the Instagram account, posting using a tool called Later. I used to post on Instagram and again, just batching the content and posting it out regularly. And then that built Instagram up, you know, by about 500%. You know, Twitter grew by four and and then both of those platforms now run well and we're, we're focusing back in on Pinterest so we can get that, you know, ticking over a bit more, less ad hoc than it is at the moment. So... I think it's worth just having a focus platform at any one time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That that makes total sense because I think a lot of us, we we were looking at all these influencers, right? We said, oh, it seems that first of all, they're everywhere. And secondly, that (laughs) how on the earth that they can do that consistently, so many images. But I'm glad glad that you (laughs) say that actually you, yes, we all know batch is important, but you actually choose you know, one platform at one time and then get it up and then go to the next. Yeah. And I think the batching people, I mean, I've always talked about, I used to say, you know, batch your images like you batch your cupcakes, you know, make a dozen, <laughs> don't, don't make one. Um, that's just a chocolate reference. But uh, I think I think it's also batching, batching your responses as well. Like pick a time each day just for a half an hour that you're going to catch up on replying or but don't neglect the other platforms. Just It just means that everything's still going along as it was. You're still posting, but you're really focusing on Instagram. So our big focus was Instagram for a while. We made sure that that was definitely getting really consistent posting. And I think you'll see the growth straight away. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Donna, so can you share with us is any funny <laughs> moments in, in your journey? Yes. Well, there's probably <laughs> been a few. I was trying to think of the... Probably the funniest for me was when I did a webinar, I think it was last year, and I was in a serviced office. I just wanted to make sure it was a major webinar, like we were launching a new program, and I wanted to make sure that the internet was really good. I mean, it's not bad at home, but just to make sure. So I was in there and uh, just just for something different. So I had it all set up when I'd been in the day before, and and I started the webinar and, and the go-to webinar can be a bit laggy sometimes uh, if you have video on when when you're presenting. But I've never had video on. I, I didn't even know where the video button was on GoToWebinar. <laughs> but it turned out that I'd somehow managed – we had a technical glitch at the start and I was working it out with the girl that – I have a girl that records my webinars in America and she's great with tech problems too. She said at the end of the uh, webinar, oh, I really – it was – I was – interested that you were on video this time you're not usually on video and I was like what <laughs> and I, didn't I didn't realize that I've been on video the whole time and wow. I'm thinking I usually get dressed up on a webinar like I don't wear my pajamas at home but I'm probably not like I'm a little bit casual sometimes you know but I was thinking whoa I'm always going to make sure I'm dressed up now for <laughs> But um, then you're thinking, gosh, did I do anything stupid? I didn't, I didn't know. If it, and the, and the funny thing was, people were listening and saying, wow, like it was really nice to see you on there. Like it made it personable. And problem was that it did make the uh, it. It sometimes can make it lag a bit. You get a little bit of latency. But, so I wouldn't choose to do it. But I, I think it's a good idea to sit on and say hi, you know. And at the end, but yeah, it was. It was. I remember I was saying, um, Amy Porterfield. Not long after, she's like, oh, my goodness, that would be my worst nightmare to not know I was on video and realize I've been on video. Um, you know, she's great on video, but I agree. It's it's weird that um, – it's a weird feeling when you think afterwards, did I look at the camera? Was I, you know, <laughs> doing anything strange? Exactly, exactly. Maybe pick yeah, nose or something, yeah. Yeah, I, I knew I had done that, but I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you know, but then you second-guess yourself and think, did I? Did I do so? Did I scratch my – you know, anyway, so all good. Oh, good. Yeah, you so, know, uh, nowadays you never know. And I'm um, glad you shared that, you know, sometimes we just thought, oh, you know, those experts, they, they no. totally <laughs> handle the technology. They know what they're doing no. all the time. <laughs> no, technology freaks me out. I just don't like it when it goes wrong because I can't, I get a bit flustered. But yeah, so. <laughs> so, Donna, that what would be one of those godly MBA moments for you that you realize, you know, uh, your business is way beyond just business? Oh, I think there's a couple. I think, you know, if you look back to how we were doing our little recruitment agency, I remember saying to my husband one night, just as a joke, 
you know, we were just growing at the time, but we would, we had about 20 people working for, through our agency at any one time and we would get a quarter of their, of the commission. So, you know, you can imagine, uh, this was just in the early days, we had more than that after that, but you know, we're getting a, a few you know, a few people working, you'd be getting sort of three, four pounds an hour for every hour they worked. It adds up quickly when you, the more people you get working. And I realized this whole idea of earning money while I sleep because someone was working on the other side of the world and earning money and we were getting a commission for it. So that first week or so of seeing the people registering and working was pretty amazing. And I think in this business, it was after, I can only describe it as the process of giving birth when I made my first online course, you know, it was, it was a, an internal struggle to even get it out. And then all this, the tech problems as well. But, you know, when you realize at the end, oh, it wasn't that hard, but then to just see when I ran, well, I actually didn't do a webinar on that one. I, I did a, an email, I did a little email launch. And then when people buy the second you offer something, there's that feeling that they trust your content so much that it was just they were just waiting to buy something. You think, you know, you always have that group of people. No matter how small you are, there'll always be one person just waiting. Oh, she's produced something. I'm going to buy it. And also then on top of that, that feeling of the, I would never call it passive income, but the, the leveraged income. You know, that point at which my business, I was able to flip and say, okay, I love doing client consults and client work, but I'm going to have to pull back on it to be able to focus on the leveraged income, which is the affiliate sales. And I'm very fussy about who I promote or my own program sales, you know, to, to wake up and see that you've sold it. just even one program is is you've done the hard work and you're reaping the benefits. And I think I, I like to call it leveraged income because you do, you do do work for it, but that work then is leveraged. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. that, that, that for me was pretty amazing. And, of course, just seeing that it, it makes a difference. You know, there's nothing better than when someone comes and says, you know, I used one of your strategies and I got, I got amazing engagement or I made a sale or whatever. Like it just, you know, I think we can all get in our own way and think that we don't have anything important to share. And, and I struggle sometimes with being on stage and being, you know, called an influencer. I think that's – I think we're all influencers. You know, you influence the person that – is your client or the person that reads your blog post and listens to your podcast. And I think that's the one thing you have to ask yourself when you get overwhelmed is like, come on, Donna or Kelly, like get out of your way, own way. There's someone out there that needs to listen to what you've got to say and you're just getting in the way. Like it's not fair on them. So I think, you know, even just taking money out of it, just being able to help people in that way is, I guess that's a godly moment where you just think, well, I, you know, even when I resist, I keep getting thrown into it. So I think, you know, to some degree, we're all drawn to it for a reason. Wow, Donna, I, I think I can wrap up better than that, especially that last um, phrase that you say that uh, sometimes we just have to get our own ways and remember <laughs> that there are people out there waiting Right, waiting for our content. And I gotta say that for you guys listening out there, I don't know when she's gonna launch her programs again. I am her two programs and I love <laughs> them. I myself yeah. is so picky in the image and stuff, uh, because my background yeah. is luxury hospitality. So I use right. I used to do those by hand yes. and work with the yeah. agents to do those for sure. You know, those days there was no Google, yeah. right? So yes. I, I, I'm very picky on those. So don't, I don't know whether I'll ever share this with you, but I got to say, you have impact me. Uh, oh, great. A whole lot more That's than great. you know. And, and kind of that, let me know, okay, there's out there. I mean, I'm not the only one is so picky <laughs> and then so crazy <laughs> about the visual marketing. So thank you. Thank you so a, much. You're welcome. And I think, you know, you think you see so many people get jumping on this. We've got to, you know, just get to know influencers and build our business quickly that way. And I think you're an example of someone that has done the hard work. Like I went and invested in courses in people that I'm friends with now and that I have as peers with, with speaking and, you know, I think it is for me, if someone asks me to be on their podcast and they're one of my students, I'll, I'll always say yes, because I mean, you're well beyond a student now, you've got a very successful business, but it's just, it's putting in that effort to learn from other people and you, you always, they always learn back from you. And so I think, you know, those programs have been great and, and I may, 
I may turn one of them into a membership program next year, but if people want to get into, I don't have any webinars planned in the next month or so, but we do have a three-part video series that uh, you've probably seen it. We, we revamped it this year and it's pretty much a standalone training anyway, <laughs> but they can get through to the program through the back end of that. But sure, I mean, we can, put a link on, we can put a link in the yeah. show notes if, yeah. for those people that they yeah. can have a look and then to learn more about it. Yeah, and that's probably a great training for people that want to just learn about the tools and things like that. It pretty much covers all of that. Um, yeah, that'd yeah, be awesome. So. Thank you so much, yeah. Donna, for your precious time today. And boy, I'm already thinking of that this image had to be something with food. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome wine, something like that, like yeah. a virtual drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you again, very Donna. Very good. I look forward to seeing it. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. I trust you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. For today's show notes, with all the links and resources we mentioned in the show, well, it's a lot today. Please visit kellybarder.com forward slash 031. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We know you have given us your most valuable treasure, your time, and we don't take it lightly. We truly appreciate it. Please do share, subscribe, and give us your honest reviews on iTunes at kellyballer.com forward slash review so my team and I can continuously produce valuable content for you. Remember, for all the goodies we mentioned during the show, please go to kellyballer.com. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.